Hi, this is Cody Daigle-Oriens. This is Neil Daigle-Oriens. And welcome to another episode of Bearded Fruit. Yay, shared Hi. microphone edition. Yay. David's here too. <laughs> you did, would you say you too? Yay. Hey, my name's David Esau. I'm here too. <laughs> Yay. We have David back. Yay. We're so excited. Now, David is not in the house with us uh, because we didn't keep him. He's not? No. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm not there, unfortunately. I wish I no. was, though. I wish I was. But we do, too. We returned to Portland, uh, but we have him uh, via via phone. He's called into the program. And... Hi, guys. First Hi. time listener, first time caller. <laughs> show me your dick. I, <laughs> I mean, I that really could be show. that really could be our program. Um and so get used to David's voice because he's going to be joining us more often. Uh, we had such a fun yes, time indeed. with him on our first episode that we are going to have him back more. Yeah, we're going to have him... be here. I'm really, really excited. This is going to be great. We're going to have him black more? No. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to back out of here. <laughs> no, David, Thanks. no. Who's <laughs> So before we dive into the episode this week, I want to remind everybody that the Queer Read is happening. The library is open. Reading is fundamental. All the Paris is burning quotes. Um, if you haven't heard about the Queer Read, each month we are going to pick a queer-focused book by a queer writer. And we're going to encourage all of you out there to grab a copy and read it. And at the end of the month, we'll put out a very special episode discussing the book with some people, uh, sometimes the author maybe. And we'll also be hosting a live web event for all of us to get together and discuss that book in February is the kickoff month for that. And this month, our kickoff book is Queer, A Graphic History by Meg John Barker and Julia Scheel. And it's this really cool book that gives you an introduction to all of the basics of queer theory. And it surveys some of the major figures and writers in queer theory, and it's all told in the format of a graphic novel. So it's really fun, it's accessible, it's smart, it's funny, and it speaks and clarifies a lot of the things that we discuss in the episodes of the show. So... If you're interested in participating in the Queer Read, you still can, head over to the website and go to the Queer Read page, which you can find under Fruit Stands on the website, and order the book and give it a read. And we'll have the Queer Read episode out on February 27th, and the very cool live web book event will be on February 28th. So we hope that you join us for that Queer Read. So, good job. Thank you. Thank you. That's my radio <laughs> My radio voice. Um, so this week, we are going to be talking about something um, that happened during David's trip. Mm -hmm. It a happened to me. <laughs> it was a snowstorm. It happened. No, the snowstorm didn't happen, but it was, it was, it was something. So um, on, on, like the day before David left for Portland, we took a trip to New York because David had never been in New York. Right? Right. And it was amazing. And it was amazing. And we figured the best way to start off any trip to New York City would be to visit um, a store that sells leather. Because where where else would you go in New York? Who right. wants no, to go it's, see it's, a Broadway show? Who who wants like to go to Times Square? Like well, to be fair, exactly. I mean, and to be fair, the um the Broadway shows are dark on Mondays. So. Nobody asked, but thanks. Well, anyway, we took David to uh, a really cool shop in uh, in the village called the Leather Man uh, because a friend of ours, uh, Silas, works there. And um, hi, Silas. Hi, Silas. I don't know if you're leaving. Hi, this I hope you're listening. Hi. I bet he's not. <laughs> I don't... So, uh, David, would you like to tell everybody what happened to us? Yes. Yes. So, first of all, the trip to New York was amazing. I had such a fun time. Um. 
And the the letter, it was a really fun store. They have two floors. The first one is just various, like, jock straps and leather gear and whatnot. And then they had a, a downstairs that had more of the more of the fun stuff. They had, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like, like a lot of, like, dildos, and they had a lot of, like, really kinky stuff. Like, they had, um, like, these paddles, and they had, uh, like, whips and stuff. And Silas, the guy who, who was working there, he was like, hey, do you guys want to do, like, a little, um, like, test? Let's see if you guys like any of this stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm in New York. Let me let me do me in New York. So I was like, sure, <laughs> let's do it. So both Cody and I, we... We got like we got uh, paddled. Yes. Uh, we got we got flogged. Uh, we, were, we were flogged. Um, is it just being whipped? Is that is that the the kink term for it? I think so. I like you mean the last little fun thing. Yeah, I think I yeah, think yeah, the little last little thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that would that would technically we we were we were whipped, and it it was it was great. <laughs> See, we have. I watched. <laughs> yeah, Neil did not participate in this activity. No, David and I both pulled our pulled our little pants down in the store. Um, we were told to lean over a beautifully constructed metal cage, which was for sale. It was portable too. It was a, it was yes, a portable cage. It was, and uh, and yeah, we got first. We got paddled with a nice little leather paddle, um, smacked on the the took us the bottom. On the, on the uh, yeah, on the then bottom. then we were flogged, not on the butt, but on the back, and right. uh, and then he then he got us with a whip for a bit, and um, yeah, that was quite an event. That was now another that was your first time, right, David? Yes, that was one hundred percent my first time. And it was also my Being first time. It was also my first time ever having any of that stuff happen to me, and I think I think I liked it the best. Yeah, yeah, I feel I like I was that. the most was enthusiastic that. about the situation. Cody saw Jesus. <laughs> That's what happened. He was just like he was seeing Jesus. He was living his whole new world aerial fantasy. He was he was living his truth in that moment. And you were you really were living it. your truth. And I had a mark on my butt for two days. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy, that that mark was some serious. <laughs> it I have was. pictures. Call me. Yeah, like it was very very serious. Um. And so, because of that, like, fun experience, so we, I, I, I don't know that he listens to the show, but I definitely want to thank Silas for, um, for taking the time to introduce us to those things. I also left with with a leather jock, hot, um, with two, right? And with one two, leather- yes, one of them is not leather. One of them is just right, fabric okay. and kind of sporty. It's kind of sporty. Sporty. Because it's got like the like the tie ups that you have, like football players have on their little their little pants sporty. area. It's sporty. So it's kind of a little sporty. Um, but thank you, Silas, so much for for introducing us to to that experience. I, it was really cool. And so, what I wanted right. us to talk about in this episode is just a little bit about kink, our kind of relationship to to kink and and our interest in it, uh, and then the intersection of kink and queerness, which we'll get to a little bit later. Um, so, so here's here's my question to start this off. Um, I know Silas threw it out there. But David, you were the first one to actually get get paddled and stuff. And I'm just wondering, like, other than like, oh, like, w- when else will I do this? Um, <laughs> why? <laughs> why did you let this stranger paddle you? 
like, like you know, like it, it's not like I don't mean to be judgy because like um I know that sounds really bad, but like I, I'm genuinely curious, like like why? Because I was totally not in a headspace to be like, yes, man, I just met who, who I know has chatted with my husband before in this creepy little dungeon downstairs shop. <laughs> Please lay your hands upon me. Yes, on Black History Month, no less. <laughs> no, I um. <laughs> no, honestly, that is I, true. Uh. I, I really don't know. I, I think, I mean, that day was kind of full of new experiences for me. Like I was in, like I've always wanted to go to New York and I was there and I was like, why not? Why I'm with people that I'm comfortable with. Well, at least the two of you. Um, so I always seemed like a really cool guy and like we were alone in there. And it, honestly, it just seemed like everything kind of came together in a really in kind of a natural, comfortable way where I didn't, I didn't really second guess it, which is very, very odd to me. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, I just kind of went in there and did it. I, I didn't feel any judgment from anyone there. I think that was maybe the biggest thing. I felt like I could do my thing without people being like, what are you doing? So it worked out. It, it was it was great too. You had you had a wonderful, trusting safety net, and then Jay Julian walked in. Yeah, that's right. Our friend. <laughs> Right, our friend joined us and literally like met David with his pants down. Yeah, that yeah, it, it was he's a nice very guy. special. He's a, he's a, and he's a great guy too. He seems like a really cool guy. Um, but yeah, that was that's you definitely met me when I was being beaten. So that was that's a thing that happens. <laughs> it's the best meet cute story of all time. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. I hope people ask how we meet because <laughs> I got. I got a story to tell. I have kind of always been curious about leather and all of and all of that, and um, but I've just never had the the occasion to to try it in a place that I felt sort of safe and um, mm -hmm. felt that it'd be kind of okay to be vulnerable. And it seems weird that in the middle of a public store with a semi stranger and my my husband and friends that that would be the safe space. But I agree, right. it felt like a safe space to try that and to experience that. And um, yeah, it was fantastic. And then you also you also went to went on to, to try jocks and like you did not close that changing room curtain. <laughs> no, I didn't. And I felt okay. very liberated by that to be very honest. Like I, I have a lot of issues with my body and I, don't always like it very much but that but on the last monday girl i was feeling myself mm. um i was feeling the sting on my ass too but i was really feeling myself <laughs> and i but was mostly feeling myself confident and and empowered and it was like really really lovely um so would you david would you would you explore further i I don't know. So, uh, I don't know if I liked it that much. I was I was very happy that I did it, and, I, and I'm happy to say that it happened. I just don't know how much further I would have gotten. So, when 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 Silas was was taking his turns on us, he it was a very gradual thing. You know, he, he lightly hit it up at first, and he was like, okay, I'm going to go a little bit harder now. Cody was able to, to take a lot of it, but 
I feel like I have a pretty low tolerance for pain. Mm-hmm. So specifically when he was paddling my butt, the first paddle I was done. Like, <laughs> like no, nah, like we're not doing that. Uh, and and even with the um, and even with like that leather, like I don't even know what it's called. Like it's like a cat of nine tails kind of, like a mm-hmm. little tassel thingy. Even with that, I like the first couple of hits in my back. I was I was kind of done. I I don't even know if I tried again. It it was fun to say that I did it, but I, I just don't know if I can like integrate that within like my like my my sexual checklist. It, I don't know if it's for me. What about reversing the role? Would you do that to somebody? Would you would you feel feel like that would be a thing you'd be into? I I don't think so. I don't think so. I it's difficult for me to be I, I feel like that action you have to it's not just an action that you that you're doing. You have to assume that role of someone who is of who is, is who's dominant. And that's never been my personality. And it's it's really, really fake for me to put on that like dominant role. So I feel like I I couldn't do that because I I would just laugh too much and it wouldn't be super sexy. So I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I would certainly be open to it. Well there goes your Christmas present. <laughs> no. I had a different experience. <laughs> like my, you, you did. You definitely did. <laughs> I had a very different experience, and I and it was very surprising to me. I, I mean, I really thought that I I really believe that my experience would be exactly the same as David's, which is, um, he would he would smack me once or twice. I would know what that feels like. I would feel like I did it, and that would be it, and I would not be into it. However, not the case. Um, the paddle, I'm yeah. not, I wasn't into the paddle. Like I didn't really get very much further than you. And once mm-hmm. he did kind of get to what my limit was, I was like, Oh no, that's not good. <laughs> that is not a good feeling. <laughs> that does not feel good at all. Yeah. And you will stop immediately. Right. The flogging, however, I was there for that. I was living, I was living for it. It was really, really um, weirdly like painful but pleasurable at the same time it was really pleasurable and so was the whip as well like th- funny like literally so Silas had me um, hold on to this pole <laughs> structural a structural pole in the in the building and that was what I was kind of like grounded to and not kidding he finished and I was not letting go of the pole I was like uh wait we done hold on <laughs> anyway like I still got time like what's the hold up um but but like to me, the most interesting part about it was that I really enjoyed it, but I would not necessarily jump. I would not connect it to then having sex with that person. Mm-hmm. Like, I would almost want those experiences just to be exclusively that stuff so that it would be about like the submissiveness and then the like the dealing with the, the pain of it and the 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 feeling and sensation of it but that would not necessarily connect to some kind of sexual encounter that then happened after okay yeah See, um, i guess one thing one thing that was kind of different between between our experiences and i think it was just maybe just forgotten about or missed is i didn't receive a lot of aftercare after uh-huh. i was after I got a uh, flogged and paddled. And I think that 
I think that could have changed my my perception of it uh, because I feel like that's a nice combination of of um, I don't know it's it's like a abuse but then but then being taken care of and like it's a it's a it's an interesting dynamic I would have liked to experience more. Yeah, it um, was really nice. Yeah, yeah, I think I would I think I would have liked that and maybe maybe I would try it again if if it was more. Okay, like you're going to you're going you're going to beat up, but like I'm going to take care of you afterwards. I think yeah. knowing that I might I might be more willing to try it again. It, I would not do the paddle again, even though, because, I mean, unless he does those like weenie first ones that are just kind of barely there, which is like mm. okay, that's fine. But the one that left the mark, holy shit. To be fair, didn't he like miss too? Like, wasn't that your upper back more than anything? Than your no, the the last one was like square in the right place, and it really was. It was a lot. It was, it was a dude, and it it looked it looked like it was a lot. Like it was, <laughs> that was intense. It indeed was. She left a mark. Um. So, so that we're not just talking about the time we got our asses beat in public. Um. <laughs> Because this That's is bearded fruit, we have to like bring it around to a thing. So um, I found this piece on a blog called Queer Queries, which is great. And the piece is called BDSM Communities and the Intersection of Queerness. And there was an interesting paragraph there that I thought that we could talk about. And it, and it, it discusses how queerness and kinkiness uh, speak to each other and relate. So here is the quote from that article from Queer Queries. Quote, so how do kinkiness and queerness intersect? This is a hard question to answer, particularly because there are so many definitions of what is considered queer and kinky, especially on a personal level. One similarity between the two, however, is the persistent pushing of boundaries. Whether pushing the boundaries of what society considers gender or fighting for the greater legal rights to practice your sexuality as you choose, both queer and kink identities constantly push the boundaries of what is considered normal or rejecting the paradigm of normality altogether. End quote. And what I thought was really interesting about that, because I feel like it's it ties to something that we've talked about on um, on the podcast in other situations as well. But the the notion that um, our queer identity, because it is it is a rejection of the of quote unquote normalcy normality, uh, that embracing that in the queer identity allows us to then jump into other breaches of what is considered normal or acceptable like kink or non-monogamy or polyamory or those things. Um, and so I want to just talk about like, let's talk about that. I agree with that. I mean, I think that once you, once you're queer, like the, the roadmap for life basically becomes very, very uncharted. And I feel like it lends itself to, like you were saying, it lends itself to different ideas of what a relationship has to look like. It doesn't have to be an monogamous thing. It could be a uh, an open relationship. It can be polyamory. It can be so many different things. And that also lends itself to, in the bedroom, what we can do. And I, I feel like there's a lot of, I feel like, in, in, at least in that regard, there, there's not a lot of judgment in the in the queer community because people are, People are very free with what they're what they're into and what they're okay with. And I've never, like with the guys that I that I hooked up with, I've never 
they're going to ask me, hey, what are you into? Like, I've never, there's never really been any shame there. And I feel like that's, I feel like that lack of, lack of judgment is certainly not an exclusively queer thing, but I feel like it's, I feel like it's, it's, it's common hand in hand. Um, it's, yeah, I, I definitely agree with the article. Yeah, I um, I mean, although I would say that I do, I do encounter people who do shame that stuff inside our community as well, and it's particularly from people who, um, are organizing their lives in a very heteronormative way. The you know, gay gay men and women who are who really are trying to organize the most quote unquote normal, just like them kind of life that there is. Uh, and then there is judgment about about being non-monogamous or being poly because it, it those are the people who say like you know those you guys give us a bad name or you you know yeah. you put it you paint yeah. us in a bad light, um, which I find sad. Like I just find that like you're missing. Not that I know that everybody has to be spanked on the ass and sleep with multiple partners and and have multiple mm. boyfriends, but I do think that if you close yourself off to that. You, you're missing potentially fulfilling something in yourself that you didn't even know was there. Exactly. It, it's, it's the difference between choosing something because you think it's your only option or choosing something because you have so many options and this is the one that works the best for you. Choices. <laughs> like, Thank you. Tatiana. Like the prophet Tatiana said. Yes. Thank you, Tatiana. Yeah, no, I think... Um, like, I, I like what you said that, that you, the earlier about the your identity. Once you identify as queer, um, it it opens up. You sort of like suggested it, it opens up the path to your life in a in a different way than if you are heterosexual. And yeah, I agree that that leap of faith that you have to take to accept queerness and live queerness then opens the door to all the other ones. And um, I'm always very dubious about people who say that they're you know they're the people who say you know i'm gay but that's like incidental it's not important you know i'm gay but it doesn't matter um and i think no that that's not true because that identity shapes so much of what your choices become right or the way that you organize your choices and the way that you organize your existence and the things you open yourself to it's it, it's essential and formative but also like imagine people who say that they're they're coming from an incredible place of privilege too. Like the people who are able to say that experience their queerness in a way that they can see it that way. So it, it like, um, like uh, another topic, this is unrelated to this one, but it's something I want to talk about in the future is what happens when you are gay and you are authentically masculine. Are you queer? Um, or like, how do you, how do you juggle that? Um, so, so I feel like there's there's a certain sense of of privilege that comes with that because um, while you are are queer in, in regards to your sexual behavior, you're not necessarily queer in regards to your societal or cultural behavior. Um, so, so there's something there. There's something there where people who can say that are coming from a place of privilege, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's also like it's just it's just an, an unawareness. <laughs> I think everyone was being like super polite just then. Like, all right, everybody's gonna pause. Um, it's difficult with 
without without the physical cues of like who can talk now and who can. This is we're gonna have to. <laughs> this is gonna be an interesting thing for us to learn how to do. Um, no, and it's one of the things that I'm actually like really excited because I, unlike David, I I I do want to continue exploring kink. Um, and my interest is actually this is kind of weird. My interest is actually to find um a, a guy who's into BDSM but who is straight, like a straight, oh. a not gay guy who's down to just like flog the shit out of me, and that's, like that would be tough. ideal. I think that's a tough find. But what's your point, though? <laughs> no, but like that, I feel like that's. <laughs> Like that's the thing that I that I'd be in that that I'm interested in in. Why in does it. he have to be straight? Because I like the idea of it simply just being about submission to someone who's gonna cause pain. I feel like a gay person could do that. I understand that you're you're trying to avoid the sexual part, but from what I understand, a lot of it is non-sexual. Yeah, but you know, like I don't know. This is this is my hot fantasy, man. It's my hot fantasy. Well, uh, I Let, feel that. I feel that. I mean, who who doesn't like fantasize about hooking up with straight people? I mean, yeah. I do all the time. So, like, well, I, 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 I I get it, even though it's not so much of a hookup scenario. Speaking of fantasies, why don't you just you know just embrace that inner theater kid and let Gary Gay Man be um, Stephen Straight Man for the night, and <laughs> just you know, like I, I I get what you're saying, but it's also like I don't know. I feel like there, there there's something there's something. It feels a little, it feels a little like, I don't know, like seeking out a straight man to do that to you feels a little gross to me. I don't know if gross is the word, but it feels a little like, oh, a gay man can't do this to me. Um, I didn't say that a gay man can't do it. I said what I am, what I would prefer would be that. I didn't say he couldn't. Gary Gayman, he's lovely. Gary Gayman is is lovely. And I, I, I like, I love his work. I think he's a pleasant but Stephen Straight Man, I like if I if I had the choice, I think I would pick Stephen Straight Man. But would Stephen Straight Man beat the shit out of you? Yeah, in a way that's not homophobic. Oh God, maybe that's part of it. Uh, oh wow, oh. intersectionality. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I mean, you know. No, but um, I, I am like I'm looking forward to because and and because in the last couple of years I've embraced queerness in a different way. I mean, for a lot of my life, I I think I was one of those gay guys who, even though I wasn't actively like being judgmental about about more radical queerness, I just didn't practice it in my life. And in the last two years, because I have a, a husband like Neil, who is open to these things and supportive. Literally, it was just because I was given a Judith Butler reading, and it went all downhill from there. Like, <laughs> I couldn't escape from it. it I happened. mean, but really, now, because I'm in a supportive relationship that allows that to be the case, um, all of the options that I've never sort of taken advantage of for whatever reason, I'm now totally down to take advantage of. Um and I, and I find that it's like it, like life is better. Life is better when it's queerer. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think like I was saying earlier, like having having the choice to explore like different things that you're into is is so important. 
Like maybe, maybe you don't like kink, like myself. I was glad that I was able to have the choice to figure that out rather than saying, well, kink is weird. I don't want to do it. You know, like I, I, I love that you guys have that relationship where you guys can explore. And I love that with, at least in my experience with, with queer folks here in Portland, that people give each other like that, that, that freedom and, and that space to kind of figure things out. Well, we will definitely, um, I feel like this conversation, the conversation of kink is one that we'll, we'll continue to discuss on the podcast as, right. as I wander through that world a little bit more. We'll talk more about it. Um, but, uh, but David, I'm so glad that you were with us to, to have that experience in New York City. We yeah, wouldn't have I, gone I, if I it weren't for you, so thank you. Right. This is, this is really this is really my thing, so you're very welcome. Um, and I, I was happy to be there with you guys. It, it made a lot of sense, and I'm glad you guys were able to witness that. And I think the reason why I was so willing to do it is because of you guys being there. Like, you guys, yeah, was, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, and, you know, I think it's important to note, too, that the most abusive thing that we did during that day was go to Times Square. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> now no. we never have to go back right ever no Times square it was uh, actually it was really it wasn't so bad there weren't a lot of people there it was actually quite nice um no the next time i'm going to new york we're going to Times square again so get ready for it because i had a blast i'm gonna be sick that day or i'm just gonna stay at the leather man <laughs> and continue to get my ass beat uh, i'm sorry the, the roads are the roads are too icy i'm sorry i can't go <laughs> Well, thank you, David, for joining us again. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank of course. You. I love it. Seriously, Beard or Fruit listeners, get used to David. He will be joining us more and contributing many things. And as promised in the last episode with David, this had nothing to do with the fact that he is a black man. No, no. I think I mentioned it maybe once. Today, <laughs> right. Because, so we're doing a good so job. Unlike me. You're not a token, <laughs> David. You're not a token. <laughs> thank you. Although I and I'll say this because I think it's funny. Um David left his soap here and we are loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Nubian heritage. It is the best soap ever. It's some good soap. It's some it's great soap. soap. I'm actually I'm actually upset that I left it because I I had every intention on taking that soap with me because I don't have any black soap here. So enjoy it. <laughs> we are. We are. It's uh, it's giving us life. It's giving us life. So thank you so much, David. Um, thanks thanks for joining us, David. Of course. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Bearded Fruit: Politics and Culture Through an Intersectional Queer Lens. Now, if you enjoyed this week's episode, head over to our website, beardedfruit.com, to get more info about this week's show and to check out some of our other web features, like our weekly Ask a Dad advice column or our Fruit Stands section, which gives you ways to bring the Bearded Fruit conversation into your community. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Bearded Fruit and on Twitter at Bearded Fruit Pod. And if you have some feedback on this week's episode, or questions to ask us, or just want to share an idea for an upcoming episode, give us a call at 860-785-0633. 
And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or find us on SoundCloud. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>